opportunity to be able to gather together even though it's not in the physical church here we just uh, pray that you will uh, just welcome the spirit into your home and just create an atmosphere where he's able to come let's put it in the key of c brother and let's sing the song in the presence oh in the presence of
sing that song, uh, Thy Loving Kindness. Sing key. Thy loving kindness is better than life. Thy loving kindness is better than life. My lips shall praise Thee. Thus will I bless Thee. Surrender 
brother and let's sing that song he is here just as brother mike comes this evening let us all just remember one another as we're not able to physically be here and uh, those who are sick and cleaning our pastor uh, let us just remember them and just keep them in prayer that the lord would just touch them and any who are traveling or any other sickness or need uh, let us just remember them this evening and he is here Appreciate that song service. I certainly enjoyed the worship. Amen. 
feel the spirit of God here. We may be few in number, but I believe that song is appropriate. I believe he's here. I appreciate the opportunity as always to come and share with you what God's put upon my heart. I got to admit, the young man came back a minute ago and asked me, he said, could you give me the title for the sermon tonight? And I told him, I don't know. I'm still praying. And so uh, he said, I'm going to pray with you. And I appreciate that because I believe I finally caught the mind of God on that. Uh, you know, a couple of days ago, we had ministered a sermon up in Virginia for New Year's watch night. We were up there for a couple of services for this weekend. And uh, Lord put some on my heart. And I'll be honest, I had this church in my heart when I got the message. I thought, I said, boy, I said, I believe they would enjoy that at Hickory Bible Tabernacle. And, and uh, I was kind of looking forward to maybe have some point in time to come preach it to you. And lo and behold, Brother Barry contacted me yesterday and said, could you come this week? And I was like, sure, I'd be glad to. And because I was already thinking I had something I wanted to share. Well, this morning, as often is, you get up and you're praying and you, uh, God has other, other thoughts on his mind. And he gave me a different thought for this evening. I didn't know what it was for this evening. I just know he gave me a different thought. And it sure stirred my heart. I said, I believe this is what I'm supposed to preach tonight. But as with most days in life, I had to go to work. I had other things I had to do. I didn't get a chance to finish studying out the inspiration that was falling on me. And and I tried to get back to it this afternoon and couldn't do it. And I said, well, Lord, I said, I couldn't finish that thought. I said, I really hate to go with an incomplete thought. And then driving up the road, I talked to a brother of mine. He was heading one direction to preach. I'm heading another direction to preach. And we got to talking, and we had a very similar thought, inspiration. And I told him, I said, yeah, I sure would have thought about preaching that tonight. He said, do it. <laughs> he said, go with the inspiration. And so I'm going to... I'm going to follow that tonight. So sincerely pray for me because I'm very nervous. Anytime I follow a thought that I don't have a chance to completely study out, it makes a man nervous. But but I do believe it may be God's will tonight that we touch this subject. So the thought I want to work with tonight is what do you see? What do you see? I'm going to invite you to turn me to the book of St. John, chapter 3. St. John, chapter 3. And we're going to begin reading with verse 1. St. John 3 and 1, and before we read, I'm going to ask you to bow your heads before a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I want to give you thanks tonight, first of all, for your grace and for your presence. I thank you for being here, Lord, for without you, our gathering would be in vain. You said wherever two or three are gathered together in your name, there you are in the midst, Lord. I believe we meet that requirement tonight. Lord, it might not be the routine service. It might not be the routine format, the routine attendance. But God, Lord, you're still able to be present and to move and to reveal and to manifest yourself. Our prophet told us time, space, distance mean nothing to the great Jehovah. Lord, so you're able to be in every home, with every heart, with every person that's streaming tonight. Lord, if their heart is turned towards you, Lord, right now they can enter into your presence and receive from you even in their own home. As far apart as we might be divided, Lord, yet the body of Christ is united. So, Lord, I want to ask you tonight, take this service. Lord, may it not be in vain. But, Lord, may you use it to your glory. Speak to your people. We ask it in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Amen. This may be short. As I said, I didn't have time to study it out the way I would normally do. So I don't know how long or short this would be. So if it turns out to be brief, uh, I hope it's a blessing. Brother Bram said it's not a matter of how large the dog is, but how large the fight is or how big the fight is in a dog. So we're looking for his grace tonight. St. John chapter 3, verse 1 says, There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. 
The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter into a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus said, answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Marvel ye not that I say unto thee, ye must be born again. Bow our heads. Lord, we thank you for the reading of your word. Lord, take the service. Lord, use it to your honor and glory. You ought to lose the gift that you place within me. We ask it in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Amen. My title tonight is again, What Do You See? What Do You See? I'd like to go back to verse 3. I mean, verse uh, 3 in this scripture reading we just read out of St. John. St. John 3 and 3. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except the man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. I want to talk about seeing. Because seeing should be the goal, I believe, of every believer. Not just seeing anything, but the ability to have eyes to see the kingdom of God. Seeing is an interesting thing. We use that word seeing. I know most of us, when we were brought up in this world, someone brought up in a church. I wasn't. So I didn't have the benefit of having Bible teaching in my home. So all I honest, the only thing I knew about seeing was what I was taught in school, what I was taught in science. And we're taught the body has five senses. There's hearing, there's, there's taste, there's touch, there's smell, there's seeing. And so we're, we're, we were taught that the eyes gives us the ability to see. But after I come into the message of the hour, and once I begin to learn about the spiritual things of God, I begin to recognize that actually our eyes do not give us the ability to see. Brother Branham talked about the eyes giving us the ability to look. He said, but seeing is altogether something different. Nicodemus could look and see miracles. And by looking, he knew that God was with that man that we call Jesus Christ. But what he could not see was the kingdom of God being made manifest. Watch what Brother Bannon said in a message calling of Abraham. He said, a Christian does not calculate or does not look at things he sees. You don't see with your eyes anyhow. He said, you don't. Certainly you don't see with your eyes. He said, you look with your eyes. He said, you see with your heart. See, see doesn't mean look. See means understand. Jesus said to Nicodemus, except the man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. See what the right translation that is, cannot understand the kingdom of God. Somebody be doing something, showing you, you say, I just can't see it. You're looking at it, but you just don't understand it. He said, so looking is one thing, seeing is another and you'll never know what the kingdom of God is until you're born again. Then you'll understand it. See, he said, you'll know what it means. People happy. Excuse me. You'll know what it makes, what makes people happy, what makes them stand right out in the midst of difficulty. I like this. What makes them stand right out in the midst of difficulty and say it's so never move. Why? They understand because God said so. So people are able to actually look at things through the eyes of faith and understand circumstances, understand what's going on and not judge things by what they see, but judge things by what God word has said. 
When Abraham confessed that he was going to have a child when he was 100 years old and Sarah was 90, the Bible said he looked not. He didn't go by what his eyes was able to look at. He didn't judge Sarah by her body. He didn't judge himself by his body, but he judged the circumstances that his eyes were beholding. He judged it by the word of God, and God said, you're going to have a son, and he was able to see Isaac come forth, not by his natural sight, but by faith he could see what was going to happen. Why? God had revealed it to him. And that's the eyes that we want to look at. We don't want to look at things with our natural eyes, but we want to see things through the eyes of faith. Listen to Brother Bram said in the message, the sermon of the body of the Lord. He says, now our eternal destination is not altogether determined by what we see or what we hear, but it's determined by what we discern or on what we discern we have of what we see and what we hear. So in other words, it's not what you're looking at. It's not what you're hearing with your natural ear, but how do you discern it? How does your heart interpret what you're seeing and what you're hearing? That's what's most important. So seeing as God sees or seeing God is one thing, or I should say seeing the world is one thing, but seeing God is something else. And the only way we're going to see God, listen, is not by looking with our natural eyes. The only way we're going to see God is by faith, because that's what Nicodemus lacked. And this faith that we're talking about, this faith to see God, is what the apostles had in that early church age. They had a different way of looking at things. They had a different way of seeing the world in which they live. They looked at it through the eyes of the church teaching at one time, but they came to a revelation by a new birth, by the baptism of the Holy Ghost at Pentecost. And those early apostles, those early Christians, they saw the world completely different by the eyes of God that was inside of them. Now, I want you to watch this. If you look at 1 Corinthians chapter 11, I want you to see how these people looked. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 26 says, For as often as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, ye do show forth the Lord's death till he come. Now, this is the scripture that Paul used when he was teaching or setting in order the communion to the church. Now, watch what he says here. He said, Wherefore, whosoever shall eat of the bread and drink of this, the cup of the Lord, unworthily shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. Let a man so examine himself. And I want you to watch this. Many, many nominal Christians take this scripture and they only apply it to Calvary when Christ said, eat of my flesh and drink of my blood. They can go back and they can see the body that was broken, that not broken, excuse me, but was crucified on the cross. They can see the blood that was shed on the cross. But watch how Paul takes this scripture and he begins to change the meaning entirely for those that can see Christ in this generation. Watch what he says. He said, but let a man so examine himself so that let him eat of this bread. So, so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup for he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation to himself. Listen, not discerning the Lord's body. It wasn't so much the body that hung on Calvary. Paul is simply saying is that when a man comes to that communion table, who's gathering at the communion table? The communion table is a gathering place for believers. And when believers gather at the communion table, it's not just a gathering for the bread. It's not just a gathering for the wine. It's the gathering of the literal body of Jesus Christ. And that early church saw it that way. They recognized that when they came together, it wasn't just Brother Mike. It wasn't just Brother Barry. Are you following me? It was the body of Christ coming together. Wherever two or three are gathered together in my midst, there I am right in the midst. Are you following me? So God was being manifested or gathered together, not in Christ 2,000 years ago, but he was gathered in a body of believers that's called this church, the bride of Christ. Now, I want you to catch my point here. The importance here is not so much the sacrament. 
But it was the revelation of what that sacrament represented. It was the revelation who was worthy and able to take that sacrament, not because they had lived an impeccable life of the flesh, but they were worthy because they had received the life of Christ in them, or you follow me, and become a part of that body, and that made them worthy to be a part of that sacrament. Now, I want to watch this. That early church had that type of faith. The faith to see things not according to the way the world saw them, but the way the way to see them the way the word said that they were. That early church had the faith to recognize that Christ lived in his church. And Brother Brandon said that the message of the hour came back to bring to the bride the same faith or to restore the hearts of the children back to the faith of the apostolic fathers. I believe that in this hour, there's a group of people around the world, worldwide, that's actually come back to that same faith. And they see themselves and they see the church, not in the eyes of some denominational belief, but they see the church in the eyes of how God sees his church. They see themselves in the way that God sees them, not according to the outward appearance but according to the revelation that's in their heart knowing it's Christ in you the hope of glory now I want you to watch this I want you to see how the early church saw themselves remember my title is what do you see my title is what do you see Nicodemus saw a man that was being used by God but when Peter looked at him and Christ said who am I he said thou art the Christ the son of the living God how could Peter see that Flesh and blood didn't reveal it, but the Holy Ghost revealed him. He was seeing Christ through the eyes of God Almighty. What do you see? Watch what it says in Acts chapter 5, verse 1. But a certain man named Ananias, with Sapphira, his wife, sold a possession and kept back part of the price, his wife also being privy to it, and brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled thine heart to lie to the Holy Ghost and to keep back part of the price of the land? Now, watch what Peter is saying here. Peter had a revelation. This man that brought the price didn't. The man that brought the money, he only saw a gathering of people that were gathering in Jesus' name. But when Peter was looking at that gathering... Peter didn't see a group of people that were outcast by the Pharisees. Peter didn't see a group of people that was looking for some way to make a living. Peter saw a group of people that had gathered together as the body of Christ, and they were manifesting what? The Holy Ghost in flesh. And so when he was trying to deceive Peter, who was he actually trying to deceive? He was trying to deceive the Holy Ghost. Watch how Peter looked at this. Peter said the Holy Ghost was the one that he presented it to, not to flesh and blood, but he was presenting it before Christ in the form of the Holy Ghost. And where was that Holy Ghost? It was in the body of Christ. Watch 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16. Know ye not that ye are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you? If any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy for the temple of God is holy, which temple ye are. That early church had a revelation that they were literally the body of Christ. And what made them the body of Christ? Christ, by the Holy Spirit, dwelled in them. That was the way they saw themselves, and that was the way they lived, and that was the way they operated, and that's why God could flow through them and manifest. How could God flow through Christ? God lived in Christ. Christ saw himself as the Messiah. And Brother Brown said in the message of perfect faith, how did he operate the way he did? He had perfect faith in what the Word said he was, so that Word was able to flow through him, and God was able to manifest all that he promised. You and I are no different. We've got to to be able to see who are you who are we 
How do you see one another? How do you see yourself? You've got to see yourself in the eyes of what God's word said you are. When God wanted to use Gideon to destroy the Midianites, God could not destroy the Midianites with Gideon seeing Gideon the way that he was raised. He was raised one way by his mom and daddy. He saw himself as a coward, a fearful man, and he was hiding from his enemy year by year. But God sent an angel down to Gideon and said, Gideon, thou mighty man of valor. What was it? God saw Gideon differently, but he had to change Gideon's mind how Gideon saw himself. Gideon saw a loser, but God saw a victorious man. And once Gideon's mind was changed and he could see himself the way God saw him, Gideon was ready now to face the Midianites. And I believe this bride of Christ, when she could see herself, Brother Bram said, when that bride can recognize who she is and that she can do the greater works and that she can be an invisible army, when she sees herself like that, you watch that bride go into action. But as long as we're looking at our faults, listen now, as long as we're looking at our faults, and not seeing the promise of who God has made you, you'll never operate in the power of God. Let me keep going. Let me show you this. Watch Brother Brown give an example in, in, in the message unveiling of God. He said, the true word, God has wrote it, and it was with Moses. Now watch this. Notice, it was with Moses and was ready to be made manifest. So God had made a promise by Abraham. And it had been passed down through oral history, if you would, that God was going to raise up a deliverer and that deliverer was going to bring Israel out of Egypt and bring them to a promised land. And God was going to manifest this in Moses. It was a word that was going to be manifested, but God chose to give it with Moses. And Brother Bram said, and it was with Moses. Now watch this. Watch this. He said he was the word to them. He was the living word hid. Veiled himself, Moses had to put a veil over his own face. Why? He was that word. Amen. Until that word was made known, Moses had to veil himself. Amen. He said, did you see it? He said, wherever the word is, Brother Brown said, it's veiled. Now watch this. Moses had the word. Now how many believe the church right now has the word? How many believe that we have the word restored to us? We stand tonight just as Moses stood. Now watch this. Moses had the word. Now remember, after the word was made manifest, Moses was Moses again, see? But while that word was in to be give out, he was God. Now I want you to watch this. Brother Bam said, what made those prophets God? The Bible said, though you know that they called them gods whom the word of God came to, he said it wasn't so much the flesh and blood, but it was the word in them that made them God. What makes you and I Christ in this generation? It's not this flesh and blood. It's the Holy Ghost in you that makes you Christ to this generation. But unlike Moses, God would give Moses the word and he would give it out. And then Brother Brown said once he gave it out, he was Moses again. But the Holy Ghost is not so. I'll be with you even in you until the end of the world. When a man is born of God and receives the Holy Ghost, it's not for a space of time, but that is an eternal ceiling upon the life of that man. And God is in you ready, listen, to be measured out. But you have to have faith to let him loose. Moses had to have faith to speak that word that God put in him. He can say, I've got the word, it's with me, it's with me. But something in Moses had to raise up to speak and recognize what was in him, then God could act on it. He can say, let there be fires, and God will create those flies. The church has got to recognize what's in her. She's got to be able to see herself not according to how you feel about yourself. Satan's a master at that. Let me keep going. Let me keep going. The unveiling of God. Brother Bram says, now notice. 
He said, then when we become part of him, as you are the veil that veils him. Now, a minute ago, we were talking about how Moses veiled him. Now he's talking about how the bride veils him. You are a part of him as long as Christ is in you, as Christ was in God. Listen, or excuse me, as Christ was of God, because God was in him, made him God. And as Christ is in you, the hope of glory become part of Christ. He that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also. See, you become part of Christ as long as Christ is hid in you. Then is veiled to the unbeliever, but you know he's in you. Moses knew he had the word and regardless of what Pharaoh thought. That's why he can go out and speak it because he knew that God had given him the word. The church, the true bride of Christ has to know for herself. You've got to know that God is in you. And then once you know God is in you, now you take that experience back to the word. And what is the word promise to those that God is in? They promise certain things to the believer and you have to know your promises. Then you know to move out and act on everything that word has promised you. Now watch this. He said, he said, then it's veiled to the unbeliever, but you know he's in you. You are templing Christ that's behind the veil, the skin. Behind because of this veil, the veil again in human flesh hides God, the word from the unbeliever. As it is written, see, written. You are written epistles, the Bible said. How, what, what is epistle? It's a written word and you are the written In other words, you're read like this. You can read it like this. It says you are written epistles or you are the word that has been written, made manifest. Nothing can be added to it. Are you following me? So what Brother Bram is trying to say is what this Bible said the believer is. You've got to recognize that's what you are. You've got to see yourself that way. If the Bible says you should lay hands on the sick and they shall recover, you've got to see yourself that way. If you look at yourself according to this man, you'll always stumble because this man will make mistakes all of the time. But if you could ever get past this man to recognize there's a blood atonement that's atoning for you, that's the reason you will receive the Holy Ghost to begin with. Once you can recognize what's in you, then you can operate knowing that God is in you and he's able to perform everything that he's promised he's going to do. But it depends on what you're looking at. If you're seeing through the scriptures, you see a bride moving. If you're looking at flesh, you see a church stumbling. Balaam saw a nation staggering in the wilderness. Moses saw people marching on to victory. It all depends on how you discern what you're looking at. If you're seeing through the word, it'll operate. If you're looking through a carnal mind, it'll never work. Now, let me keep going. Let me keep going. We've got to get real careful here because I'm not trying to give the church liberty to continue in sin. But you got to recognize perfection of the flesh is not what God is after. Watch what Brother Bram says in the message wonders. We know we make mistakes, but you mustn't look at that. Now, remember, looking and seeing is different things. We have a tendency to look at mistakes. Now, watch this. You mustn't look at that. It's not your mistakes because you're always going to have them. So if God wanted perfection of the flesh, right here the prophet just condemned us all. We're always going to have mistakes. 
things that we do that are not right, that we should have not done, and we're going to do them anyhow, but there's a blood to cover that if we come back and make those things right. Are you following me? So we're going to have mistakes, but we come behind our mistakes, and we do the best we can to make every one of them right. But you watch this. He said, it's not your mistakes because you're always going to have them. But you see, it's following his rules, following what he says do. Stumbling and falling doesn't have one thing to do with it. A real true servant, if he stumbles, he'll get up again. If he wobbles, God pulls him right back in the path, as long as he's in the path of duty. But if he's off the path of duty, it means he's outside of the word. He said God's not obligated to him. But as long as he's on the path of duty, even though you make mistakes like Moses did, he was in the path of duty and he did things wrong, but God was still obligated to manifest. Are you following me? Why? Because he was trying to do the right thing, even though he made many mistakes. Peter was the same way. After Pentecost, Peter made many mistakes. But God still used him. Why? He was in the path of duty. And even our own prophet, if you listen to life story, throughout his life, he made many, many, many mistakes. But God used him. Why? Because his heart was right. He was in the path of duty. But as a man, you're going to make mistakes. As a woman, you're going to make mistakes. But as long as your heart is right and you love God and you're trying to do the best you can, you're in that path of duty. God's obligated to you knowing you're just a man or a woman. Now watch this. But if he's off the path of duty, God's not obligated to him. But as long as he's on the path of duty, God's obligated knowing he's just a man or a woman. He's obligated to that person as long as you're on the path of duty. So when it comes to freshly perfection, that's not what God is after. There's only one way for perfection of this flesh. Brother Bannon gives it to us in the first seal. Jesus Christ said, be, excuse me, not perfection of his flesh, but perfection. Brother Bannon said, Jesus said, be therefore perfect, even as your father in heaven is perfect. He says, and how can we even start the thought of being perfect? Jesus required it. And if Jesus required it, there's got to be a way made for it. And it is his own blood. Our perfection is not going to be in our works. It's going to be in that blood. But our heart has to be right in that we're striving for that perfect life. Knowing that when you make a mistake, God is providing atonement to cover for your mistakes. Now, I want you to watch this. I want you to watch this. Many believers stumble because they're looking at the wrong thing. They're not seeing the word. They're looking at the wrong thing. Let me give you an example. Brother Branham had a private interview with a woman named George. I believe it was Georgia Bruce. And I want to read some of that interview from you. I believe God does all things for a reason. Most private interviews were just that, private. But for some reason, this woman's interview makes it to the recorded tape. And for some reason, she gives Brother Branham and Voice of God permission to publish this private interview. And I believe because there's something in this interview that God wanted on record for the bride to recognize. Not to look at certain things, but to see through the eyes of God. Watch this interview Brother Bram talks about. And I pray constantly, listen, God wouldn't let you die. Brother Bram talked about it. she was in the hospital because you're a value to the church. Now, I know you. I know you're going to be all right, Sister Bruce. I believe that with all my heart, see. Now, Sister Bruce says, Brother Branham, most of all, I want the experience that I've been sealed in the Holy Ghost. And if God will reveal that to your heart. So she wants to know from Brother Branham, she's looking for flesh and blood confirmation because she's got confidence in his ministry. If you say I got it, then I believe I got it. Just because I got that much confidence in your word. 
but she could couldn't of her own experience. She couldn't didn't have that confirmation that she had the Holy Ghost. Now, I want you to watch this. I want you to watch this. Brother Bam says, I believe with all my heart that you are a real born again believer, Sister Bruce. How could that spirit just leave? When you get sick and you get weary and you're a nervous type person, Sister Bruce says, yes, see, and you get these things on your mind, see, little bitty things. It just keeps building up both ways. Now, he's trying to tell his woman she's kind of a duplex person. He says on one side, she gets real spiritual and gets a burden for God on her heart and prays and see things happen. But then on the other side, she gets very carnal and starts getting these worldly things on her mind, not drinking or worldly things like that, but just looking at her own self and looking at carnal things instead of keeping her eyes on the spiritual things of God. So she's got this duplex personality. Now watch how Brother Brown deal with this. He said, you'll get somebody on your heart. He said, you want to pray for them. You get up and pray for it. He said, you can't rest until you get that person prayed for. He said, that's you. Then on the other side, Satan maybe might present something you in this way out. He says, see, he said, you're a nature and God works and Satan works. Then when Satan tries to make you believe that you're not, see, you keep building this and maybe this and this and this. See, don't look at yourself, Sister Bruce. Remember, he said, while God is trying to use her to edify the body of Christ as a prayer warrior, because that is her gift that God gave her. He said, Satan on the other side is trying to beat her down because he sees how effective she is as a prayer warrior. So Satan's trying to get her what? To look at herself and not look at the gift that God put in her, not look at how Christ is using her. Satan's trying to get her to look at every little mistake she's got, every little bad thought she's ever had, every little thing, bad feeling she's had. Satan's trying to pound her and pound her and pound her to get her to be so carnal. She said, oh, I ain't nothing but a sinner. I want to be born again and receive the Holy Ghost. And she's already got the Holy Ghost. Now, I want you to see. What is she seeing versus what is she looking at? She's looking at her flesh. Brother Bradham is going to try to get her to see the word. We don't see the word with our eyes. We see the word with our heart. Now watch the prophet work with this woman. Watch how he tries to change her attention. Brother Bradham said, I'm fencing to pray for you. Now watch how he ministers to this woman. He's going to let her know you see yourself as being unworthy. Now, I'm going to let you know, I'm just as unworthy as you are. But what's the big difference? She looks at her unworthiness as a defeat to give up. Brother Brown recognizes I was just born with a do. When I was born again, I now have a dual nature, not two souls. Now, I'm not talking about two souls. Paul said that the natural man, the flesh, he said, wars against the spiritual man that's in the heart. We got to battle against this flesh every day. Why? Because this flesh was not regenerated. And Paul had that revelation. He said, oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from this body of sin? Yet in my heart, yet in my whole soul, he said, I'll serve God. He recognized that there were two men fighting inside of this one man. The old natural man, this flesh that is, and then a spiritual man that was born again by the Holy Ghost. And Sister Bruce couldn't receive that balance, and so she was getting off kilter. And Brother Brown simply said, I've got the same battle, Sister Bruce. Only I can see, I can see by scripture what's going on in my members. I can see by scripture 
what's going on in my members and bring my born again experience back to the word to recognize because I'm battling this flesh does not mean I haven't received Christ. It just means that my flesh was not born again. And so Paul said, I battle this flesh daily to bring it what? Under subjection. He knew what battle he had. And Brother Bradley can go back to those same scriptures and recognize what battle he had. But Sister Bruce saying use it effectively to keep her off balance. And so many believers tonight, I believe, are off balance because Satan is doing the same thing. He got you looking at yourself instead of seeing Christ. What do you see? Let me keep going. I'm finishing a faith for you. I'm not worthy of that, I think. He said, what would I do if Jesus Christ was sitting here now? And what would I do if he were sitting here? He lay hands upon you, and with his great faith, see, you get well. Well, I think, well, I'm a sinner. He said, I'm not him, but I come to represent him. But remember, me being a sinner and before God, I'm not a sinner. So his first confession is, Sister Bruce, I'm a sinner too. Speaking of the flesh, in the flesh, I still got the same problem. The flesh was not regenerated. But in the sight of God, because I've been born again, I'm no longer a sinner. He's making a separation. Why is he doing that? Not to defeat himself. He knows where he stands. He's trying to take this woman and build her up. Sister Bruce, you are a Christian. You're just looking at the wrong thing. But if you could ever see Christ in you by the word, you'll recognize he's in you because he's operating. Amen. Let me keep going. What do you see? He said, but I come to represent him. But remember, me being a sinner and before God, I'm not a sinner. Neither are you. We got a blood sacrifice laying there. God don't even see us. He hears our voice, but he sees the blood of Christ. That's it. God is looking at the atonement. God is not looking at your flesh. We look at the flesh. God's looking at a promise. He said, that's it. He sees the blood of his own son. It's our voice, Christ's blood. Then it's Christ that's talking through us to God. So therefore, we're not sinners no more. We are Christian. I believe you to be a genuine Christian woman. He says, I remember the thing. Now, Brother Brandon was trying to get her out of what she was looking at to get her to see the right thing. Now, I want you to give you another example. Brother Brandon talked about one time. Now, I want you to notice before I say this. Sister Bruce stumbling was her looking at herself. I want to give you another example of stumbling, looking at others. What do you see? Brother Bram said one time there was a car salesman. His wife got saved. She went to a Pentecostal church and she received the Holy Ghost. And she said she came on to her husband. I got the spirit. She didn't know how to really explain it. All she knew was they were talking about the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit. She said, I got the spirit. And she came home and she told her husband, said, honey, I want you to come. Oh, I feel so much better. I feel so much different. He said, honey, that religion thing for you, that's fine. I'm happy for you. I give you money to bless the church. I don't mind you going. But, honey, that's just not for me. He said, I'm going to stick with my business. He said, that's what I do. And I'm, I'm, I'm content with that. He said, and one day he reached in his pocket and he pulled out track and said where you spend eternity and he said a awful feeling came over him he said something said you've got to settle that question 
And so that man from that point began to search and began to see God. And as he began to see God, he was trying to find out, where can I find peace of my soul? He said, so he went to one, to, uh, Billy Graham, went to, the, to the Baptist movement. He said, they told him, when you believe you got it. He said, he still didn't feel like that was satisfied. He said, he went to another group. He went to the Pentecostals. They said, well, you uh, get so happy that you speak in tongues. You got it. He said, he did that, but he still didn't feel satisfied. He said, after all that searching, he still couldn't find that rest. Now, I want you to watch this. Because what he was looking at, was what other people were telling him. He hadn't come back to the word yet. The only way to really see God is we've got to come back to the word. Every experience, every spiritual thing has to come back to the word. Even this message of the hour, as wonderful as it is, and I believe what that prophet preached is the thing that's going to take this bride and the body change. But even that message of the hour, Brother Bramble said, every spiritual thing Final absolute has to rest upon the word. So I believe everything that prophet preached, if you had a revelation, you could find exactly where he took that thought and got it right out of this word. Even Paul, when he wrote the New Testament, as hard as it is for some people to understand, you could take every thought that Paul wrote in that New Testament, and if you search it hard enough, I believe you can take every bit of it back to the Old Testament and find it rooted in the word. Are you following me? Now watch this. This man had a hunger, but he couldn't find rest because he was dependent upon what other people were saying. Instead of searching it by the word and his own experience, he was trying to judge it by what others were saying. And finally he got to Brother Brown because somebody told him, said, I believe that you're past redemption. I believe you can't be saved. He said, the only thing that can help you is a prophet. And they sent him to Brother Brown and Brother Brown sat him down and said, sir, you don't need a prophet. All you need is the word. He said, let me ask you a question. He said, before you read that track, he said, what kind of life did you live? He said, well, you know, I did like every man did. I get up, I go to work. He said, you know, have a little fun with the boys. You know, nothing, you know, cheating my wife, not like that, but just hanging out. different. You know, just what a worldly man would do. He said, but after you read that track, he said, what were you? He said, well, after I read that track, he said, I just couldn't get enough of God. I just searched for him day and night. He said, I sold my business. I gave away my money. He said, I went to every church. He said, he said now compare the two thoughts. What were you? Listen, and what are you? He said, what made the change? Christ. When he stopped looking at what others said and he saw Christ. Brother Bram said, that man jumped off the sofa, ran out to the porch. He said, jumped off the edge of that porch and said, whoopee, what is it? He said, you mean I had it all the time? He said, you had it all the time. But he was looking at the wrong thing. Sister Bruce had it all the time, but she was looking at the wrong thing. If you can ever see by the word and bring your experience back to the word. I'm not trying to cover up sin with all kind of disgrace and all kind of things. But I'm saying a real genuine new birth by revelation. And you bring your experience back to the word. Your life will demonstrate by the scriptures. Yes, son, you got it. But then once you know you got it, now you can begin to move because you know what you got. But until you know what you got, you'll presume and it'll never work. Brother Brown says Satan is not easily bluffed. You got to know what you're moving with. What do you see? What do you see when you look at this world? What do you see when you look at the church? What do you see when you look at yourself? What do you see? I'm not asking what you're looking at. Go deeper. Be honest. What do you see? Because that's what's going to determine what you do. 
You see, a lot of times what we look at don't control our actions. It's what we think in our heart. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. What do you see? You see where I'm coming from tonight? We've got to come to a spot that we know what we see. And what we see is Christ operating in you. I don't care if it's but that much small bit. If it's Christ operating in you, you feed that. You water that. You cherish that. And you watch that grow. You watch it go from a little bit to more and more and more and more. But if Brother Bram said in the greatest level of all, if Satan can take that faith and cover it over with something. He says sometimes he'll point you to a hypocrite. He'll point you to your own failures. If he can cover it over, what is he doing? He's trying to get you to look at the wrong thing like he tried to the sister Bruce to keep her from being effective in the body of Christ. You came here tonight as a body. We're a symbol. I believe it all my heart. And I walked through that door. I felt his presence in this sanctuary. With four or five people, I felt his presence. He's here. I'm sure he is. Now watch this. My closing thoughts. What do we see? I'm not actually what we're looking at. What do we see? I want to tell you what I see. I see a world at the end. I see a world that's at its end. What these scriptures prophesied would take place in the last day for the coming of the Son of Man. They're not prophecy no more. They're history. I see it. My mother looks at it and says, something's not right. She's not a Christian. She don't go to church. She don't confess to be a believer of Christ. She doesn't any of that. I'm claiming her soul by God's grace. And an 82-year-old woman, she's still not too late because Brother Bradham gave a story of a woman who led the Lord at 90 years old. Are you following me? That's not too late. Are you following me? But watch this. She can look out there and see trouble. I see the end time. I look at our nation. Brother Bradham said, it's beyond redemption. I don't even pray for it anymore. I see a nation that's cursed. What do I see? I see Russia bragging that she's ready now for a nuclear war. And the world says, ha, 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 he's bluffing. I see prophecy. He's not bluffing. It's coming. What do you see? I see a Catholic president. I see a Catholic leading the House of Congress. I see Catholics all over the Supreme Court. I see Mother Rome dominating this nation. What do you see? Not what are you looking at? What do you see? But let me tell you what else I see. I see a bride coming into power. I see people giving testimonies of how Satan is coming against their family, against their finances, against their health, even against my own body. This year, last time I preached in this church and I had to walk in the back and have a seat because I couldn't make it to the front. And it was the same condition. It was a, a service. There was no attendees. I was preaching to about basically an empty church, but I was so weak in the body. I was glad nobody could see me struggle from the back door to the pulpit. And while brother was getting the song booth ready, I take a few steps up, catch my breath. I said, if I get to the pulpit, when the anointing come, I'll be all right. <laughs> I'll be all right. But tonight, I'm glad to say I can run again. I was down to the track field the other day. I was out doing my walk and getting my exercise. And I hadn't, hadn't been down to the football field since, I don't know, maybe high school maybe. And I passed a, a junior high school in my neighborhood. And I saw a track field down there. And I said, I bet there's a football field down there, that track field. And I walked down behind that junior high. Sure, there's a football field. And I stood there and looked at that football field. And I walked up to the goalpost. I said, do it. I got down like I was a professional track star. Got in that old little posture. 
<laughs> made it look real good like I knew what I was doing. I ain't never run track in my life. I said, go. I took off running as fast as I can from one goalpost to the other. And I didn't stop till I touched the other goalpost. And I got down there, I was breathing a little hard. I'm 55. I deserve the right to breathe hard. I'll be 56 in a couple of days. I had a right to kiss my breath. Caught my breath. I said, that felt good. Got down on my knee. I did it again. Toom. What is it? God, by his grace, brought me back from where I was a year ago. But what I'm trying to say is we've got to recognize what do we see? What do we see? I see a bride coming in power. I see Satan trying to challenge homes, challenge individuals. But what we've got to see is our victory in every trial. God is allowing the trial of our faith, which is more precious than gold, to let us put this word into action. Put your faith into action, but it'll only go into action if you see the promise is unto you. Abraham had to see what God made him. I've made you a father of many nations. And once he saw that, he didn't care how old his body got, how old Sarah body got. Once he saw that was his promise, he was going to have that child. And I'm closing. Listen to this. My theme has become this, the grizzly bear. I have to talk about it everywhere I go. When I look at this message of the hour and I look at what God did to this prophet, one of his greatest testimonies to me is that grizzly bear. He was hunting for a bear in a country where bear, grizzly bears didn't exist. The man told him, grizzly bear is not even this part of the world. You're in the wrong part of the world, get a grizzly bear. I don't care. He said, well, you said you're going to get it between here and the camp. There's two miles of the camp, the low timber. He said, we can see clear back to the camp. There's no bears. He said, I don't care. He said, where is it coming from? Brother Brown said, bud, that's not my business. It's my business to see what he promised. It's his business to deliver what he promised. I see a bride going in a rapture. I see sons of God coming in the manifestation. I see the glory of God rising on the church. I see it happening and I see it in me. I want you to see it in you. What do you see? Not what are you looking at? What do you see? See it in you. Believe it. And if you don't see it, say, God, give me eyes to see. Give me ears to hear. Let me discern what's happening in the spiritual realm. Because whether we see it or not, like Nicodemus, Nicodemus could look, but he couldn't see it. But if you got the spiritual eyes, it's already happening. See it. Recognize it. Then act on it. Let's bow our heads. Dear Heavenly Father, I want to thank you tonight for giving eyes to see. Not just to me. But Lord, I know there's many, many, many more besides me. Lord, you've given us this message. And you give us the Holy Ghost. And you've been rubbing our eyes and rubbing our eyes with ourselves and rubbing our eyes with ourselves. And we see clearly now. We're not looking through a glass doctor no more. We're seeing the word of God face to face. Now, God, forgive us of our sins. We know that we have shortness in our body. We know we're not perfect in the flesh. But, Lord, we see by the word we have an atonement. And we see by the word we have a promise. And we see a promise for this age. Give us grace to rise, to believe every bit of that word. Let us see as you see, believe as you believe. Call in everything contrary to your word lie and let your word be true. That's the way I want to see this life. Lord, we commit ourselves to you. Lord, I want to pray for this church. I want to pray for everyone that's been afflicted, whatever the sickness. I don't care if it's COVID. I don't care whatever the ailment might be. If it's a common cold. Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord, we raise our hands as believers together. Lord, we're touching and agree. You said we have two or three would touch and agree concerning anything you would hear us. Lord, we believe that you are the healer. We believe you the sustaining power. 
Lord, Satan, we come against you in the name of Jesus Christ, by the blood of Jesus Christ. Lord, may you touch the body of these people. May you gather this church back together well again with no affection in this assembly. But, Lord, nothing but the Holy Ghost here present to worship. God, grant it, Lord. But this is your body. This is your house. Use it for your glory. Lord, we ask these things in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. 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 Our brother will give us a song. Amen. How many love him? Amen. I want you to see he loves you too. Open Amen. the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. Amen. I want to see. Yes, I want to see you. Just open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart, I want to see you, oh, I want to see you, to see you high and lifted up, oh, shining in the light of your glory, pour out your power. Amazing grace, how 
other in prayer until we meet again. It's not in trying, but in trusting. Oh, it's not in running, but in resting. It's not in wandering, but in praying that we find Strength of 